Hey, everybody. Welcome to the You Were Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me. I'm Father John. I'm the executive director at Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church, which means inside our own hearts, our own lives, not just uh, those men who uh, happen to have titles of eminence or excellency or father or deacon. Uh, it's all of us, and I'm here as always with my dear sister and friend, Mary Guilfoyle. How are you, Mary? I'm great, Father John. I love the way you put that. Right? It's in all of our hearts. Yeah, transformation in me, and that yeah. is going to be exactly what we are talking about Front right now, right? Always. So, it all begins with us, yeah, right? Doggone it. I want to blame other people, though, for everything that's wrong. <laughs> Why do I got to blame me? So what is our topic, Mary? So our topic today is they are not the enemy. Yeah, so this is going to build on a conversation that you and I had a couple weeks ago on uh, the enemy is not the enemy. Right. What we want to do is we want to apply this to a real-life situation that's going on right now that's uh, impacting all of us and is affecting some of us perhaps um, more powerfully than some others. So we want to try to take this really important biblical truth uh, that the enemy is the enemy and help us uh, see how to make sense of what's going on in our country right now in light of that, right? Beautiful. So let's take that before so the Lord. So we need to pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Lord, we uh, we pray for your anointing right now upon this conversation that we're about to have. We ask that it would be a means to encourage, uh, to give hope, uh, to give guardrails for our speech and our way of thinking and our wills as we uh, watch what's going on in our country right now, especially as disciples of your son. Lord, we lift before you uh, our land, uh, this place that we call home. We pray that you would do what only you can do, for you're the only one who can bring uh, the true gift of peace, which is so much more than just the absence of conflict. And that you bring transformation and renewal and conversion to all of our hearts. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Thanks, Spirit. Father John. Yeah, so, you know, we, you, you and I had intended to do something very different as a, uh, a podcast topic this week. And then we, we, we more or less just kind of looked at each other and went, how in the world do we not talk about what's going on with the Supreme Court decision right, right. now, which uh, began to get argued last week? So uh, for those of you who've been under a rock for the last uh, set of days or uh, maybe Or who are still of- fasting from media. <laughs> per Mary's suggestion, yeah. So December 1st uh, began the oral arguments for uh, Dobbs versus Mississippi, uh, which certainly is going to be, uh, no matter what happens here, uh, a seismic decision when it comes down from the Supreme Court uh, whether that's in the, the spring or the early part of the summer, we don't know when the decision will come down, having to do with uh, Roe v. Wade and Casey versus Planned Parenthood and the potential to uh, either return uh, the question of abortion to states or to just further enshrine what the Supreme Court did when they decided Roe v. Wade back in the early 70s. And so I don't know about you. I mean, you, we, we were sharing things back and forth as a team last week when the oral arguments were going on, and then I spent some time that night um, both reading and uh, listening to uh, the recordings of the oral arguments. And it was hard. Uh, yes, it was it really is. hard. Yes. I, I got to be honest. I, I, was, um, I was deeply sobered by what I was feeling and thinking as I was listening to and reading 
what I was listening to and reading. How about you? Yeah, so that's exactly how I felt. And I, and I have to be really honest, like I wasn't happy with what was happening to me interior, uh, interiorly. So I'm reading the testimony and I'm watching uh, some of the video coming out from this, uh, from these uh, arguments, and my jaw dropped. And I thought, you know, how can, here's what I actually, how can they mm. think like that? Mm. How can they speak like that? And at one point, I just kind of had to like push all of it away. Mm. And I, I think I told her I actually went to go pray. Yeah, I did too. And I started to pray not only for the justices, but for what I, I think we're going to see. I, I think I said you were witnessing history before our eyes. And I'll leave it there because there's more I want to say. But that was my initial response. Like I didn't like how I was feeling about how I was responding as I was reading and watching some yes, of this. So, so this is almost like a... Um, you know, almost like every time a, uh, a priest preaches, he's really just preaching to himself. Right. So that's kind of what we're doing right now. We're, we're, we're letting you all in on uh, what's going on in our own hearts, you know, yours and mine, mm -hmm. uh, as we watch what's going on with, the, um, with the, the pretty certain conviction that it's happening than more than a few of us. It's, I, don't, I don't think we're that no, deranged. We're uh, I'm, I might be that deranged, <laughs> but um, so... You know, we've talked uh, before about making sure that we have clarity on this really important biblical truth uh, that the enemy is the enemy. And, and we've talked as well before about one of the um, after effects of the Enlightenment uh, and uh, the impact of the Enlightenment on the world in which we live right now, even if most people aren't even aware of what the Enlightenment was other than the title, is the denial of the fall. That is to say the fall of man, the denial of the spiritual world, most especially the, the denial of the devil. And what happens when you do that, what happens when you deny the fall and you deny the devil and you look out at the world and you see so much evil happening as it does happen, well, then you have to find somebody to blame. You find scapegoats, right? So this is what we do in our modern world is we find people to blame. It's, you know, it's, um, it's the Buckeye fans, you know, or it's, it's the Jews, it's the Catholics, it's the whites, it's the blacks, it's the rich, it's the poor, it's the whoever. It's we, whoever that other is. Right, we blame them for what's going on. And when we blame them for what's going on, then there's this attempt to eliminate their way of thinking and ultimately to eliminate them. That's what the Nazis did in the Holocaust, right? The Jews are to blame for our troubles, quickly became they are not human, quickly became we can therefore eliminate them. And so a biblical worldview says, no, 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 no. Um, the enemy is the enemy. The enemy is the devil. And as uh, one person famously said, the dividing line between good and evil runs through my own human heart and everybody else's human heart. And so we want to acknowledge that and we want to apply that biblical reality, the enemy is the enemy, to our brothers and sisters, uh, you, so as to help us understand how to approach, think through, pray about, live with, all that we're re reading, hearing, uh, and whatnot. So this isn't intended to be an episode on the topic of abortion. You know, I mean, that'd be a really worthwhile topic. Um, and it's not, 
intended to be like how to engage in a discussion on that. We, we, I've done so many talks on this in the past. We'll post some things in the show notes, you know, an, an article that we just wrote in our thoughts from the trailer. I think it's entitled something like, why is this so hard to understand? Um, we got some videos and some podcasts that we can um, put in the show notes too. You can access those if you want to just try to um, engage the mind more deeply not even so much as a person of faith, just as a person of reason to the question of abortion, right? But that's not what this is. It's more or less a framework to take on a fresh mindset because what you're talking about can apply to every societal, social, cultural ill that we're experiencing right now in, yeah. our, in our times. Yeah. Right? And, and again, because you just acknowledged and I acknowledged too, like the things that I was thinking and feeling as I was listening to what I was listening to and reading what I was reading from those who are uh, arguing in favor of protecting, you know, a, a right to kill children. Um, I found myself very quickly doing, uh, or at least tempted to do the very thing that we're challenging people constantly not to do, which is to demonize them. They're the enemy. Yeah. You know, Father John, um, uh, I think it was uh, the evening of the first, um, I told you, I had to step back and gather my thoughts in prayer, having just watched this. And I think I, I, I mean, what I was able to do is I was able to contextualize what the enemy was doing. And, and I think what I was witnessing was the full-on display of the deception by the enemy. It was in full view. Yeah. And all of a sudden I could see those who were giving testimony and those that were asking questions as, oh my gosh, th th this is what the enemy does. He seeks to deceive. Mm. He's the father of lies. Yeah. And you can see how um, many of us have been co-opted by him, yeah. right? But it's not them. It's the enemy who is behind all the deception. And that actually helped me to get some perspective in you know, if you look at some of the, the, the videos that were posted coming out of uh, the hearings, you know how you can see the comments that flow from, you know, something that's posted on YouTube? Yeah, I always promise myself I'm not going to read those, but because I'm curious, I start reading them. So I was curious too. And it just gets me in a funk. But, but what happened was that's exactly what happens. You start to have this back and forth dialogue and the demonizing and the people just going at it. And you know who delights in that? Yeah, it's the, the enemy, enemy, right? Yeah, and that's unfortunately, right. some of the people who are doing that are disciples. And that's the point of this podcast episode. It's really just to say, as disciples of Jesus, I do not have permission to demonize somebody. Right, or to speak or to act like that. I, I do not have permission to think, to fall prey to the way of thinking that they, whoever they are, and in this case, in a particular way, those who are arguing in favor of killing children, that they are the enemy. They're not. But the devil is the enemy. But and that's so, the easiest default. Oh, absolutely it is. And, and right? I, I acknowledge that I fall prey right. to it myself. And so, you know, in many ways, I'm just talking to me, right. but I know this is what we do. And there are Christian voices and there are Catholic voices who are trying to stir things up and they do it in such a way that lends um, credence to the false idea that those people, those people who are championing abortion, they're the enemy and they're not the enemy. 
That's so important. That's not to say that we don't need to be passionately involved in debate, that we don't want to fight for just laws. That's not at all what I'm saying. It, it's to make the point that it's in my heart and my will and my mind that everything starts and Jesus does not give me permission to think or to will that way. Right. I can't do that. And so I, I want to I want to do everything I can to to bring my own will and heart into harmony with his. You know, right? uh, thanks thanks so much for that. I mean you're spot on. Absolutely. You know, um we're big into the biblical worldview. We're we're big into diving into sacred scripture. And I think moments like this in our history, um, the call that Jesus has on our lives to love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute you, that's not an easy call. And these are the moments where we have to press into that and ask for God's grace. Lord, help me to love as you love. Yeah, That's really, really hard. It sounds beautiful. Yep. And it sounds, oh, okay, I can do that. Well, in moments like this, it's a much heavier lift than we think. Yeah, we read the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, and I think we think, wow, this is just so sappy. Man, if you think this is sappy, then th if you think to love your enemy is sappy, you've never had an enemy. And, and with what's going on right now and seeing um, what we're seeing and hearing what we're hearing, it, it makes it all the more difficult for me too, right? It's like the Lord says, you love those who love you? Like bully so for what? you. So what? <laughs> like everybody does that. Right. My command, and it's a command, mm -hmm. is to love your enemies. What's it mean to love your enemy? It doesn't just mean to will the objectively good for them. It means to be able to look at the other person and go, you matter. You matter. And it, and it means, it helps us understand, you know, when Paul says in Romans, like, God proves his love for us. He, he talks about how, you know, nobody would die for a bad man. You know, you, someone might um, die for a good man, but God proves his love for us, Paul says, by dying for us when we were his enemies. Oh, this is unheard of, right? Absolutely unheard of. And then he commands us to do the same and he gives us the grace to do the same. And I, and again, if it isn't abundantly clear by now, the point behind this episode is when situations like what we're going through right now in our country are in front of us, it brings most of us face, if we're honest with ourselves, face to face with my own capacity um, to let the rage I feel move from the topic to the person right, who holds the topic or who holds the opinion or who's making the argument. And I can't do that. I just can't do that. And so I have to continually go before the Lord and say, Lord, I need you to bend my will into conformity to yours and to change my heart so that I don't want vengeance, right? Right. Uh, I want justice. I mean, I want, I want the law to be just. I, I, I fundamentally think, not believe, I fundamentally think it's an unjust law. Some of the Supreme Court justices were trying to argue that this is a question of religion. It has nothing to do with religion. It has everything to do with thinking correctly. Right. Either all human beings are persons or only some are. It's clearly a human being. Science tells us that. The catechism doesn't tell us that. Right. The question is whether that human being is a person. That's the fundamental issue here, at least as I see it. And 
because we have laws that say it's unjust to kill human persons. And we get away with abortion because we deny it personhood, which means now we have laws that deny uh, all human beings as being persons. And that's a really dangerous place to be because it means we're entrusting authority to people who are arbitrarily going to determine who is and who is not a person. person. Right. And, and what is the scale they're going to use, right? And who, isn't, it a, isn't it a more just culture to have a law that acknowledges that all human beings are persons, that everybody's equal, that everybody matters, that everybody's dignity uh, is equal, uh, that we're all created in the image and likeness of God, and that we're all redeemed by his precious blood. So, so what can we do? How can we navigate through this? Oh, gosh, you know. We that's talk, really the point. Yeah, you know, we, we talk about this all the time, and I mentioned, you know, that I had gone to prayer uh, the night of the first. It's just to pray for our Supreme Court justices um, for courage and for wisdom. Mm. Um, I, I think that's the first thing. Um, um, I was just thinking about what it must be like as I went to pray for them. What must it be like to be one of them? Going through this whole, I mean, writing, you know, writing the decisions, going home to your families at night, what is going through your mind? So just pray that God would enlighten their hearts and their minds and to lead them according to his spirit, his Mm. word, and that they would, it would lead with justice. What is right? What is good? Yeah. Even as you're saying that, I'm thinking, you know, like wisdom means to be able to see reality the way it is, right? That's what we're, that's what we're praying for, that God will enlighten their minds, uh, just to see reality. I mean, you listen to some of these people talk and you're like, wow, are you that confused on really basic things? You know, so we want to pray that God will enlighten their minds. We also want to pray for courage, which doesn't mean not to be afraid. Um, courage doesn't mean you don't feel fear. It means you don't give into it. And, and courage really means, you know, kind of classically defined, it's this willingness to fall in battle. And if they make a decision to overturn Roe, they are, that's going to require a boatload of courage. Yes, um, it is. For those who are going to do it. But, um, but, and, and to our point, too, so we're praying for the Supreme Court. How can we pray um, very particularly for those who are championing the right to kill children in the womb, Father John? Yeah, so I mean, that's just really, uh, we need to say that out loud, right? There, there are certainly some people who, who uh, I think it's reasonable to presume and to think that there are a number of people who are just really confused on abortion. They, they, they really don't know what happens. And some of that's clear as you listen to some of the some of the testimony. I mean, we were talking about like the deception of the enemy. At one point, it became clear to me, I don't think you actually know what's involved here. Yeah, so, so regardless yeah. if it's the Supreme Court justices or what... I mean, like some people in the in the culture at large, they just they really don't know. I mean, it's it's the most common medical procedure, and it's actually never it's never been shown on TV what actually happens. And it's rarely talked about. Yeah, I'm, yeah. So some people they don't know. Having said that, the people who are arguing for this, and the people who perform abortions, they know what they're doing. I mean, you can't avoid that. You know what you're doing. I know. I am certainly at later stages. I am dismembering a human being, and they know that. You, 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 can't, you, you can't pretend otherwise. And that's a really hard thing to, to kind of deal with. Like there are some people who, who are doing evil 
who know they're doing evil and somehow they've, they've justified it somehow, right? I mean, so I'm, I'm not demonizing them. I, I'm, that's not my point. It's just to say at a certain level of involvement with abortion as a nurse, as a doctor, as somebody who's defending the right uh, in court, like, you know what you're talking about. So what do we do for them? I came across a prayer. Somebody sent it to me several years ago now. I pray it every day. And there's a line in it that says, um, it's talking about praying for those who do evil. Mm-hmm. And it says, uh, Lord, give them a revelation of your love. Bring them before your throne. That's what it says. Jesus, bring them before your throne and give them a revelation of your love for them and your plans for them and show them how they are being deceived by the devil. Mm. And that is such a powerful prayer. And, and it's one that I pray with acknowledgement, like, Lord, I, I acknowledge I've been deceived absolutely. by the devil in my absolutely. own life, right? I've justified whatever I've just, so many things in my life I've justified, right? But I'm praying for them. Lord, just bring these people who I'm tempted to be enraged at and to demonize. No, 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 Lord, I, against all my feelings, I'm just praying, Lord, I love them and out of love for them, I'm asking you to bring them into your presence right now and just open their eyes and show them how they're being deceived. You know, that's just such a glorious image. That's our task as Christians to bring our, to bring ourselves and others before that throne of grace. Just that line of revelation of your love. But I think the line that hit me the most is, and that you have a plan for them. Yeah. And someone or something, you know, the, the enemy is seeking to thwart your plan in their life. Yeah. I'm thinking of Dorothy Day right now. So Dorothy Day, this is a person who, like, presumably somebody was praying for Dorothy Day. Dorothy Day, for those of us who don't know, like, Dorothy Day went from being an, a, a communist, an anarchist. Um, she had an abortion. She tried to kill herself several times. She had multiple affairs. Um, she was, by all objective accounts, you know, like, not living a very virtuous life. Um, she wanted nothing to do with Christianity. And and God gave her a revelation of his love and his plan. And she got plan baptized and then she lived this radical Christian life of discipleship, Catholic life of discipleship. So it's not like these things don't happen. Well, you know, even And they happen because someone was praying for her. I have to tell you, we, we can talk about those who are more known, you know, the, uh, the, those saints, those models of sanctity in our lives, those models of transformation. That's the same for all of us. Yeah, I got to be where I am and there's a long way to go still because someone was praying for me. You know, like, so who's to be a, to be a priest by baptism means to have access to God, to pray on behalf of those who do not know him. That's what we're asking us. That's what God's asking us to do. Exercise the common priesthood, the baptismal priesthood I gave you in the sacrament of baptism and bring those who do not know me before me and plead on their behalf, mindful that someone did that for you. That's exactly right. right. Amen. How about our country? How can we pray for that? Oh, gosh. I I think, um, boy, for, I think we should pray for steadfastness, perseverance, um, because we don't know what the outcome is going to be. And uh, I think we would, I think we've said amongst ourselves that, uh, this is going to be seismic and could potentially have long-term consequences for the unity in this nation. One would argue that we don't have a lot of unity right now in the United States, but pray to be faithful. Yeah. Uh, pray for this nation. Um, and, and, and 
you know, we, we, we pray, God bless America. Mm. You know, we keep on praying for blessing. I would just pray that, that we would press into that blessing, in, into all that he has given us. And you know what? I'm just going to say this too, as we were just having this conversation about you and I are sitting here today because of God's mercy, um, that God would be merciful mm. to this nation, mm-hmm. that he would give us time to truly repent yeah. and to fall to our knees. Don't give us what we deserve. Yeah, don't give us what we deserve, yeah. Lord. Uh, give us time. Yeah, yeah, I love right, that. To come to yep. know you. Yep, I love that. And then, you know, finally, let's just pray for ourselves. You know, ask the Lord for the grace to continue to grow in his heart, his mind, his will. Uh, pray for the grace to sound more like him, to love more like him. Let's really put a curb on our mouth uh, and on our typing <laughs> in these days. Let's be careful what we say and what we think and what we will for others. Um, which again is not to, you know, just go, well, I don't really care what happens. Um, it, but it's, it's to engage in conversation and at times really passionate conversation and debate with the voice of Jesus. Right. right? Bring uh, his, his aroma heart. into all of this. Yeah, that's right. The aroma of Christ. I love that. Amen. And uh, in the midst of everything, you know, we can just thank God in advance. You know, we live in Detroit and uh, blessed Solanus Casey, uh, who's buried not too far from where our office is. He would always encourage everybody to thank God ahead of time for what you can't see. And uh, we want to do that right now. Like, regardless of what happens here, like, I'm, I'm supposed to be thankful in all things. And, uh, and to do so with the confidence and trust uh, that the Lord holds the world in his hands and one day he will make all things new and, and, and justice will really reign and there will be no more, you know, death and there will be no more sorrow and there will be no more pain and there will be no more hurt and the, we will really live in the kingdom of heaven where there is justice and peace and love and mercy and kindness uh, and it will reign forever. So because that's true, do not be afraid. God is with you and you were born for this.